no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Barry Sanchez. On today's show, we preview our Week 10 matchup against the Panthers and much more. What's happening, Prez? May Dub, you got it, bro. Man, I'm still out here in Champagne, my second home. You know how we do. Yes, man, your ass live out in Champagne, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do, man. I need to give me a crib down here for as much as I'm down here. Every time we're talking with you, you in Champagne, man. I'm telling you, man. But, hey, man, getting some good work down here, man. Everything's going great. How you doing, man, in Chicago? Dude, first of all, before we get into this, it was 79 degrees down here to, to, today. I was like, damn. I had a jacket on at first, and I left out of the Airbnb. I said, let me take this damn jacket off. I don't need no jacket. It's nice as hell out here. Well, that's that bipolar weather, man. Bro, but it's November, bro, and it's almost 80 degrees out. I was like, what in the hell going on? I enjoyed it, but a little part of me was kind of like, um, at what cost am I enjoying this 79-degree weather today? Because <laughs> I'm like, this shit ain't right. I'm conscious now. I'm conscious of what's going on in our world. But anyway, back to this matchup against the Panthers. A-Dub, this matchup here, another primetime matchup for our Bears. And you look at it, you got two teams that are going nowhere. This is my thing. I wonder how quickly the national audience is going to turn this fucking game off so Thursday. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this is some bad fucking football. I totally get it. Both teams have not been successful this season. But I'll tell you one thing, man. We got a lot at stake here because we own the Carolina Panthers first-round draft pick. I mean, obviously, you want to win in general, but we got every fucking incentive to go out and beat their asses because, hey, man, that just helps our chances with that pick of ours because of that DJ Moore trade that your boy Ryan Poles made. You talk about having momentum. This is a good reason to go out there and try to beat the Panthers. Hey, man, it's in our best interest to do so. Now, Dub, you know how I feel about them fucking orange jerseys. I found out that we're in <laughs> orange jerseys again on Thursday, bro. I'm like, fuck, man, I hate them damn. Nothing good come out of those jerseys. But here they go again, bro. Throwing them back out there. I don't know. Just aesthetically, I don't like them. Again, obviously, I've talked to the audience about this for as long as we've had this show about how bad luck those damn jerseys are. And actually, the last time we saw them wear those jerseys, week two against the Bucks, and audience, if you were wondering what happened in week two, it was a loss. Look, we're over three with those jerseys. But however, you're facing a one and seven Panthers team. Man, our luck is bound to change eventually, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. You got to say that with a little bit of an um, uncertainty there, like, you know, because with that, doesn't matter if a team won and whatever, bro, any given Sunday could possibly happen on the Chicago Bears. Dude, facts. Because, I mean, listen to the way we're talking about this team, and no wonder Roquan Smith running around pounding his chest right now because he's like, shit, I'm so glad I got the fuck away from that damn organization. You know what? I give Roquan a lot of credit for how he played here in Chicago. I really do. But to say that because you're in a good situation, 
I'm like, man, come on, man. You ain't got to throw no shade at the Chicago Bears. I would have preferred him to say that while he was here. Keep it 100. Well, he did say a lot of shit when he was here to his, to his defense. He, uh, he he came after polls. He said that he didn't uh, negotiate in, in, in good faith. Oh, he <laughs> he, he didn't <laughs> bite his tongue, bro. So I, I will give him that. That's why I wasn't surprised when he came out and took his shots, man. But, but this is my thing, Doug. But yes, we know that this is a business. Yes, yeah. Roquan Smith did not have an agent at the time. Yes, the Bears tried to take advantage of that by offering him a contract with de-escalators and back-loaded money. Dude, they were trying to take advantage of the situation, and he was smart enough to say, no, fuck that. If you guys aren't going to give me a fair offer, then give me the fuck out of here. And that's what he did. But now, when you see what's going on with Jalen Johnson, come on, man. History was starting to repeat itself, in my opinion. So Roquan, man, bro, there was no universe that I thought that he would not be here. I thought he was going to be the future of our defense. Remember every show we over here talking about our boy all pro Quan. Now, now he over there with the Ravens, man, making plays. I'm talking about, man, when you fire up the, the tape for the Raven games, all you see is zero like a heat-seeking missile. And I'm like, I miss that in our damn defense. I promise you I do. He's over there, man, earning that contract that he got. Oh, Indy? When everybody thought he was overpaid, laughing at the contract? Shit, who getting the last laugh now? He getting it, bro. And I got to give him a lot of credit for that. But the other thing, though, Perez, is I get everything that you said he said about Chicago, and I get how you feel about Ryan Poles. But I do wonder about, hey, the players who play, man, people that you had a, a, a good enough relationship with, right? How does it look on them when you, you know, take a shot at maybe Poles, but at the end of the day, man, they become collateral damage because they're still playing for the team. You know what I mean? I mean, ain't done. that's how it be, man. It's a business, right? It go both <laughs> ways. If the organization yep. can just trade your ass away like that, hey, it's nothing wrong with the player for having some feelings and emotions about that. I think it's a bittersweet thing, right? I think yeah. on one instance, right, he probably realizes, man, I wanted to be there. But on yeah. the second instance, he probably realized, hey, it was never going to work. That shit got personal quick. That's never a recipe for success with the front office and the, and the franchise player, which I thought he was at that time, are not on the same page. That whole weird shit that happened when he demanded the trade, then he showed up to the fan fest, and me and you were looking at each other like, <laughs> wait, didn't he demand a trade? Why is he here? It was just a bizarre situation. But anyhow, my point is, though, it's collateral damage with the players on the team. They get it, bro. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. look at what's going on now. Jalen Johnson looking for a contract. Your boy Money Moon's looking for a contract. And they're kind of thinking that he may get one. And you and I had this conversation, and we were like, I don't know what's going to happen with Darnell Mooney and a possible extension. Yeah, and I'm still at the point, Perez, I don't know. I'm glad there's optimism there because I wouldn't mind seeing Money Moon remain with Chicago Bears. You know, so I'm like, come on, man. The Bears got to do the right thing. And hopefully if they're going to give Money Moon a contract. Hey, throw your boy Jenny Johnson one as well. So this is the thing. Right now, Ryan Poles has been a very busy man. <laughs> he made that trade for Montez Sweat, made him a very rich man. Gave Andrew Billings a two-year extension. So he's been, you know, rewarded some guys. But I still feel like Jalen Johnson, I, I wish that they could have made something happen there before that that damn trade deadline because I still think that there's some, some bad feelings. And that's why I kind of side with Roquan with that whole situation because I understand that side of it, right? You give blood, sweat, and tears to an organization, and then they devalue. Man, nobody wants to feel that way. But to the second part of that, this is why it's important for players to have an agent, and I think I mentioned this before on the show, 
yeah. because they, you're not hearing that direct feedback from the from the organization. Your agent is like hearing that, right? And the agent is probably like sifting through what they're saying and giving it to you in, in smaller doses. I'm sure Roquan was over there getting that fucking true serum from the organization and the shit pissed them off. If you got an agent involved, your agent definitely will be the one getting all that black, bad blood or whatever it may be that's coming their way. And that negotiation tactic, right? And the thing is, Roquan, if you're doing it yourself, you just not maybe not used to hearing what those people in, in, in position has to say about you, you know, or how they feel about paying you so it's always an uncomfortable situation but that's always something when you're doing business but i just hope that you know when it comes down to a player like jalen johnson i hope that at some point that he and ryan poles can get back in the lab and make something happen because man if we missing a guy like him as we keep talking about man that's gonna be tough on our bears and money moon because like i said he's been an ultimate team guy you ever heard him making a peep about his contract he ain't said a word, you know, and I know he's had an up and down season and I hope they figure out some kind of way to reward him. Right. Even if it's only like a two or three year deal, I wouldn't be upset if he came back here because he's been a great teammate. He and Justin have great chemistry with each other. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Justin past this season, but I love the fact that Mooney does have that chemistry with Justin. And he's a solid wide receiver. We've seen what he's been able to do for his we saw a couple of seasons ago that you and I talked about when he got over a thousand receiving yards, right? We've seen it, but now he's playing with a DJ Moore who's a true number one. He's pretty much taking the back seat to a guy like DJ Moore. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, let's let's get a little bit closer into the matchup tomorrow. So we got some good news with some guys returning from IR. So we got news that Khalil Herbert, Equinemia St. Brown, and Josh Blackwell have all been designated to return from IR. So basically, and that's his audience. What that means is the Bears open up that 21-day practice window. My opinion, when it comes to Khalil Herbert, I don't know what you feel about this, A-Dub, but I think Donta Foreman should just go ahead and start on Thursday. And I think they should give Khalil Herbert another week before they get him back out there for a Week 11 matchup. I like that idea, Perez, because you and I keep saying it, man. Foreman has been doing his job very well. I mean, talk about being a, the number one running back. He has handled that workload very well. If you want to ease a guy like Khalil Herbert in, fantastic. You know, let him come back and come off the bench. But I think to your point, man, you don't have to bring him up there against the Panthers. You can also win another week as well. And I think if you want to get a guy to make sure he's fully, fully healthy, you have the opportunity to do so on a short week like this year to come back on a Thursday night football game. You don't have to play the guy. Let him continue to rest up and prepare himself for that next game, which is about 10 days. Exactly. Now, when it comes to an equanimity of St. Brown or Josh Blackwell, we'll see what they decide. I wouldn't be upset if Equinemius got back in the lineup. We all know he's the best blocker as a wide receiver on this team. Good things happen when he's out there in the football field. And Josh Blackwell starting to come into his own as well. He went down with the hamstring injury A-dub. So it'll be interesting to see when that, that active looks come out tomorrow, like how everything kind of shapes up. Yeah, I'm hopeful, bro, that everything start to get better for the players. But you're right, man. It's always tough to see some guys like that on that list because, you know, it means that the Bears lose depth. So it'll be great to have those guys come back when the time is right. I mean, because when the injury report came out, we saw that Josh Blackwell has been a full participant in practice. So that's a good sign, which bowls Wills for his chances to line up out there on Thursday. Nate Davis didn't practice a dub. <laughs> Same thing with Tremaine Edmonds with that knee. 
that's one right there that I kind of didn't feel good about after Sunday's game. So definitely that one right there, a little meh. Justin Field, limited participant in practice, but we know that Tyson Bajan is going to start there on Thursday. Justin Steele is not medically cleared A-dub, so we'll get back to that here in a second. But now I talked a second ago about Khalil Herbert and maybe them not rushing him back, but he was a full participant in practice. So that's something that can keep our eyes out on. And then you have a couple other guys here. Tyreek Stevenson, he showed up on the injury report with an ankle injury, so he was a full participant. Economy at St. Brown, obviously, with hamstring injury. He was on IR, full participant. Terrell Smith did not practice. He's been out with an illness. And then Cole Komet was a full participant in practice. Suffered a little bit of a knee injury there in that game on Sunday. But that just kind of rounds out the injury report, Ada. But I want to talk to you about the Justin Fields news. So when you find out that he's not medically cleared yet, he's still not there yet with the thumb situation. So it looks like we got Tyson Mania for one more week at least. We thought we were at the point now we kind of poured cold water on that whole situation with Tyson Bajan. Now, my question to you, A-Dub, is Tyson goes out there and lights up the Panthers. Do we start to hear more of that noise again? Or is it just more of those things where people just say, hey, the Panthers are 1-7, like, let's, let's calm it down? People are not going to say the Panthers are 1-7, calm it down for us. They ain't do it against the Raiders. They're not going to do it against the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just a, a group of people out there who really do love Tyson Bajan. And I'm not mad at those individuals for that. You know what I mean? And the thing is, for you and I, Perez, you and I want Tyson Bajan to do well. But it doesn't change anything for me if he go out there and throw three touchdowns against the Panthers. Won't mean anything for me, man. It's just good to see the kid have some success. I mean, it makes sense not to trot Justin out there in a short week. I mean, I was holding out hope that it would have been the situation where he'd have been healthy. But, I mean, give him 10 extra days. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a thumb, right? And that's why, remember when I compared Justin's injury to the injury of a Justin Herbert? These are two different injuries. But Justin Herbert's been able to play through his. But I'm like, this is a thumb injury. That thumb is so important for a quarterback. And that's even something to keep an eye on, too, going forward with Justin playing in games. Because if he takes a sack, if he gets hit in that hand, there's just so many things that you just got to be cognizant of going forward. We understand how our O-line has been. We know it's been playing better at times, but we know that Justin Fields has taken a lot of hits. And if he's not fully healthy, man, you're right. One sack can do the trick. Matter of fact, if he take off and run, right, and pick up some good yardage and get tackled out of bounds or whatever, right, that can be a reason that he can get hurt again. So I, I like the idea of letting him wait. Now, Lou Getzey got out there, and he basically said that the uncertainty of quarterback, A-Dub, isn't necessarily altering his game plan for the Panthers. So it sounds like, obviously, with the fact that Tyson Bajan is going to be the starter, he's not going to do anything different as far as his game plan is concerned. Because I don't think you have to, Perez. Um, you're not like you go out against one of the best teams in the NFL at this point. So I think the game plan itself, you know, could remain the same, you know. And I think the Bears are already trying to figure out an identity as it is that you and I have been fully aware of when it comes down to the run game. But at the end of the day, you don't have to change much against the Panthers. You're not going against a team that great defensively or great offensively. So from my standpoint, it kind of annoyed me when I heard that quote from Getsy because this is the thing, man. What we've seen a lot from him so far is he tries to force players to fit his scheme rather than vice versa. Right. And everyone that understands football knows that Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan are two different quarterbacks. 
and they require separate game plans. So now, while I think that Tyson does a really good job of executing short, quick passing game, we know what Justin Fields does best, right? And it's that athleticism, that deep ball accuracy, all the things that we talk about with him. Tyson does not have those things. So Luke Getty, I don't agree with you and your thought process, bro. So we're going to get into a little bit of our keys to success and all that stuff later. But when I heard that, it immediately set off alarms in my head. I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> and matter of fact, you just hit me with an aha moment. You talked about Tyson Bajent versus Justin Fields. You are spot on when you talk about the difference between both quarterbacks. And you're right, man. You talk about setting them up for success. It can look totally different for a Tyson Bajent versus Justin Fields. And I do hope that Luke Gessie can process that. I'm not 100% sure what he meant when he said the game plan doesn't quite change. Oh, I knew what he meant. Oh, I knew what he meant. Some fuck shit's getting ready to happen on Thursday. That's what he meant. <laughs> See, that, that's where you're going in, bro. I don't like where, where this thing is going at all, man, if that's the case, you know? So this is the reason why, you know, we call him Luke Getsy now and not the other name. Or Rice Cakes. Or Rice Cakes. But in this matchup, you got DJ Moore going up against his, his former team. And you know DJ's got to be chomping at the bit. And that's why, like, it's it's really worrying me when I hear Luke Getsy saying the shit that he said. Because I'm like, listen, man. There's ways that we can get DJ Moore the ball and get him involved without you losing your damn mind. Because we saw what happens when you sit up here and try to run a Justin Fields game plan with Tyson Beijing. Ended up getting, what, four turnovers, five turnovers, whatever Ooh. it ended up being? Ouch. You got to be better, man, at making sure that your quarterbacks do what they do best, man. Put them in situations that would make them thrive. And seeing the fact that you just talked about Tyson Beijing and his turnovers last game, we can't have that come into this game here. And you hit on the head. You're not talking last time. You straight said, Dub, Luke Gessie deserved some criticism with the way Tyson Bajan performed. And I have to let, let that sink in, bro, because you're right. And you think about now, has Luke Gessie learned his lesson from last game? And I don't think he has because he stood up and making ignorant-ass comments like he made about the game plan, eh, Dub? And that's the thing. I would just like to have one episode – I ain't got to sit up here and bring this man's name up and take shots up. I really want to just sit here on this show and just talk nice. But I can't because then I hear dumb shit and I have to answer to it. I have to say something. It just wouldn't be me, A.W. You know I can't ignore stupidity. <laughs> no, you cannot, especially when it comes from rice cake, man. You're going to have something to come back on, bro. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But so I talked about the injury report for the Bears. I didn't really talk about the Panthers, but – both of these teams are injury-riddled, A-Dub. I mean, there's a lot going on. I've already talked about it from the Bears' standpoint, but for Carolina, DJ Chark, LaVista Chanel, that's the both of their receivers right there that are banged up. Mm. Steven Sullivan, the tight end. All three of those guys that I talked about are questionable for Thursday's game. Brian Byrne, their outside linebackers. C.J. Henderson are in concussion protocol. Doubtful for the game on Thursday. So when you hear that, the Bears have a wounded team coming in here. Now, we're wounded a little bit, too. But you got an opponent here that's 1-7 with a rookie quarterback that's 5-8 or whatever the fuck he is. Like, come on. What are we talking about? Bro, life have gotten a little bit tougher for Bryce Young. I mean, mm. things mm. were tough for him last week against the Colts. Didn't go so well. Now you're going to get Chicago Bears. 
with a team that added Sweat. And I know that people have criticized Sweat, said he didn't do a great job, you know, last week. But, hey, guess what? He can definitely show even more what he's able to do. Bryce Young, man, may be in a little bit more trouble, knowing the fact he doesn't have the weapons there for his and the fact that, you know, he's coming in struggling at this point. So, I mean, like you said, a rookie quarterback, man, it's going to be tough. So a point that you just made there, I think it's a good point. But hold on, I'm going to say that again. A point you just made, I just want to make sure the audience listens to what you said there. Montez Sweat. Now, we know 100 million ways. <laughs> you know, so that's <laughs> going to be his nickname, 100 million ways. <laughs> I like it. But people really didn't watch the film because if you watch the film, you can really see that he was getting after the Saints. He didn't get the sacks and all that kind of stuff, but the quarterback pressures. He was making things happen. It right. takes more than one person, though, from a pass rush standpoint. But I saw enough from him in that one game and say he's going to be a great addition to this team. And I think that we're going to see him get home against Bryce Young a couple times on Thursday. And I'm glad you talked about Sweat in his last game as well, bro, because some folks probably didn't look at the film breakdown. I'm glad you actually breaking that forward. You know, because sometimes people just overlook that. They look for the results, the sacks only, and not looking at maybe the pressure and even mm -hmm. what this guy was doing, the impact right on the game. And sometimes that get overlooked. But to your point, man, oh, he can get home this week. I'm expecting Sweat to do the same thing that you said, Perez. Get home, get some sacks, man. Be impactful and be that hundred minute million dollar guy. Well, man, before we get out of here, man, give me one of your keys to victory, man, for Thursday. Keys to victory, bro. We got to see that run game with Foreman continue to be effective. He got a good chance to do some great things against the Panthers. So, I mean, to me personally, I mean, that's an ongoing one with this team. I feel like we get off the bus running the football, so Dr. Foreman Lane. That's a continuation of what we talked about last week. Let's keep that going, right? 20 carries at least, ball control offense, but I'm going to piggyback off of that key with my key, and it's basically making sure that we keep things simple for Tyson Beijing. Mm. I know I talked about last week with no mistake football, but again, I don't want to turn over the football, but you got to think about what we had last week. In addition to the turnovers, failed fourth down conversions. Ouch. It was a lot of positions they were putting the quarterback in that just were not situations that were going to lead to success. And whether it's Fields, whether it's Tyson, it's kind of been a turnover machine with the quarterback position from different points in time this season. So for me, my key is not only Tyson having a clean game, but Luke Getze calling the clean game and not putting this kid in bad spots. Because Tyson, if he makes the same mistakes that Justin made at certain points of the season, he's not going to be able to recover from those. Going up against this Panthers secondary, this secondary for the Panthers is beat up and it's not very good. Most of the best players for the Panthers are injured. This is a great opportunity for Luke Getze to call a solid game plan, right? to keep giving that ball to Cole Komet, right? Cole Komet's playing some ball right now. It's obvious that Tyson Beijing and Cole Komet have a good chemistry together. Keep feeding him the football. Exploit that damn secondary because we know that there's some gaps there that Panthers secondary. And if Luke Getty is smart, he'll do what you said, A-Dub, and pound the football. But he'll also be smart enough to realize that, hey, I got DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, I need to find ways to get the ball out quick, quick passing game, get these guys open. With a guy like DJ Moore and his ability to get yards after the catch, 
there's no reason why we don't see DJ Moore making big plays there on Thursday. Because I can see a DJ Moore making good plays, man. And as you hit it earlier, he's going against his former team. Who doesn't want to do great against their former team? You want them to miss you and say, look, look what you all gave up, no matter what it was for. At the end of the day, I know it all falls on the Luke Getzey. What do you do, Luke? Can you go out there on a great show? And Dante Jackson is probably the only guy in that secondary that I respect. He's a ball hawk. He makes some really good plays out there. But one guy is not going to make the difference. Luke Getzey, call a fucking smart game plan. Give Tyson a chance to succeed. Chris, this team has to play disciplined football on both sides of the ball, bro. What I mean by that, you will not tease this and talk this thing through last episode, bro. These penalties, these bad angles, the poor tackling. I understand they did a better job last week than they, than they did in the previous week of that. But the thing is, we got to see consistency in that area. So this Bears team, they want to get a victory against the Panthers. Play disciplined football. Hey, let's not hold. Let's not pick up these um, false starts. Let's make sure that we're doing the right thing to help Tyson Bajan. Because, again, we're starting off one and first and 15, first and 20. We're not helping Tyson Bajan at all. And all we're doing now is falling to the hands of what the Panthers want to do, probably force Tyson Bajan into making a bad play. So, at the end of the day, man, this Bears team is going to have to play disciplined football in order to get this victory. Hey, man, I'm with that 100%. I've talked about how undisciplined this team has been with the penalties and just mm -hmm. everything that goes against Matty Refus and his principles, right? So it's just like, man, honestly, A-Dub, that's a great key because <laughs> in addition to turning the football over on offense and, and, the, and the terrible play calls, the discipline has just been something that has been really irritating, especially on the offensive line when it comes to false starts and holding penalties. Like, we got to tighten up. We got to be smarter out there. Like I always say, man, we are not that good of a football team to be making the mental errors. So we got to clean those things up. So that's a great key, A-Dub. My last key, and this is something I'm going to piggyback off of what I said earlier. So I mentioned, obviously, that Panthers receiver room is pretty banged up right now. DJ Chark is doubtful to play. LaVisa Chanel has already been ruled out with an ankle injury. Right. That leaves Bears killer, Adam Thielen. Mm. The lone wolf in that receiver room. And guess what? I feel like Adam Thielen have been in the league 15 years. But this man has not lost a step. I was watching him, and I'm like, dude, he still gets open just like he did during his Minnesota Vikings days. And he and Bryce Young have a really good chemistry. They work very well together. So in this matchup, man, if it's Jalen, brother, Jalen, do what you do. But, A-Dub, I'm going to hit it with a different standpoint. It's also going to be imperative for the Bears defensive line Ooh. to win their matchups against the Panthers offensive line. Because if they can get home, then that makes it easier for Jalen and, and company to jump routes and to make plays. And what did Jalen say about the acquisition of Montez Sweat? He said, yeah, I hope he gets after the quarterback because maybe I could take a couple of chances on some balls. Maybe the quarterback get the ball out quick and I'm taking it home. So right. my thing, my thing in this ball game is Thielen is still a bad motherfucker. We got to contain him, but we got to put some pressure on Bryce Young. He's a rookie quarterback after all, and he ain't CJ Stroud. So put some pressure on him, and maybe he'll throw that ball up for grabs. 
But you got to enjoy a matchup, a good one at that. Thielen versus Johnson, just because of, you know, what Thielen has represented for the Vikings that you talked about. He has a tendency of having tunnel vision and locking in on Thielen, right? Yep. They throw the ball over the middle a lot. That's when we can pretty much take advantage of that inexperience in that youth. If you put pressure on the quarterback, I made a joke about his height early. Hey, man, you get in front of this guy's way, he can't see. <laughs> So, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 5'8 is short. 5'8, five, 5'9, five, whatever it is, man. He can't see <laughs> over that damn offensive line. So, if the defensive line come in there and they throw them, start throwing them arms up, what you think going to happen, eh, Doug? What you think going to happen? Past deflections that Johnson was talking about that Sweat probably could do that would possibly cause those tosses that you just talked about, bro. But the thing is also is that you see Bryce Young utilizes wheels a lot more these days for as they can he keep him in that to. pocket. Yeah, exactly. Keep him in that pocket, able to lay some hits on him, man. Don't let him get to the outside and run. Hey, I think the Bears defense can do that. So they able to do that and keep that guy in the inside, man, and get some hits on him. Sacks, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Bryce Young, and it's going to make things a lot difficult for him. But one thing, audience, to keep in mind, we know that our defense has been very soft over the middle, mm. and this is where I think – if, you, if we go to zone, that's an area where Thielen can start cooking. He can just sit down in that zone. Bryce Young can farm. So that's why, for me, pressure on the quarterback is going to be key because we know that Jalen vertically will be able to shut down Thielen. But it's when they go to zone and Thielen just probably starts doing that work over the middle, that's when we're going to have a problem. But we potentially have Brisker and Jackson back, so hopefully they help with that. But our defense over the middle has been an area of weakness and that's where a lot of teams can target. Good point there, man. And I have been totally transparent with you about that, press, about that zone coverage, man. I really don't like it, though, man. I really don't because that's when you start to see these quarterbacks, you know, start to have some success and start to get a rhythm. But I do understand why Iberfus does it. But, man, sometimes it comes back to hurt you. So it may miss a read and end up turning the football over. Yeah, but then that works two ways as well because – there's been times in our secondary where our defenders aren't really processing what they're seeing. They're not breaking on routes. Yep. And when they're not breaking on the routes, guess what? That's an easy completion for the team. That's something I'm going to be really looking at here in this game is just making sure that our secondary, man, is understanding and trusting what they're seeing. And we see these guys flying to the football more, making plays. That's what we need. We really do. Yeah, Perez. And the good thing is it's a great – to have some of our weapons come back. I mean, Eddie Jackson came back. Great to have him back. Calla Gordon been back for a couple weeks. Of course, you know, having brisk is always an upgrade anyhow. So, but the thing is, you're right. Our secondary is going to have to be very good, man. If they can do that, bro, read those plays very well. I can see the Bears having some success if they able to do that. Oh, yeah. And I think they're going to be able to do that because Montez Sweat is going to have a breakout game as a Bear. You mm. heard it here first. Ooh-wee. Say it with the chest, Prince. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? All right, A-Dub, score predictions. Week 10, what say you? 28 to 20. Bears get the victory. Okay, all right. So, according to DraftKings, the Bears are a three-point home favorite, A-Dub. And I looked at that. I said, damn, only three points, huh? <laughs> I'm like, that's how little respect Vegas has for the Bears. I'm like, come on, man. Because I, I feel a little differently than Vegas. And AW told me to say it with my chest, so I am about to say it with my chest. I got the Bears with a 24 to 13 on mm. Thursday. 
you pretty much said that defense going to put Bryce Young in check. Oh, yeah, man. I think we're going to be good, man. I, I think that this matchup, they're going to do what you what you, what you you recommended. I think they're going to run the football. I think our defense is going to shut down that run. I don't care who it is in that running game. Chubb Hubbard, uh, Miles Sanders, I think that our defensive line is going to shut down that run. And guess what? It's going to make them one-dimensional, and Bryce Young's going to make some mistakes. Because he's, he's a rookie. That's what he's going to do, right? So I just feel that the Bears are going to get this dub, and we're going to be closer and closer to getting that number one draft pick from Carolina. Thank you. Appreciate the offer, man. We'll take that draft pick, baby. Yes, sir. Well, listen, artists, as always, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the platform and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to holler at y'all on Friday, and we are out.